Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Anthony Ingram, and welcome to a very special episode of Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio. Today I am joined by the participants and winners of the Aaron R. Poetically Correct Poetry Contest. It's the very first one. The poets are as follows. The poets' names here. All right. Joel King Atterbury. Allison Altry. All right. Farida Abdel Aziz. And Hilton Lewis. Those are the participants so far. What I'd like to do is to turn the program over, though, to Aaron R. to talk about the concept of the contest. Aaron R. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Michael. It's a, it's a pleasure and privilege to be back on the show, you know, as usual. Happy New Year to you and to everybody out there. And I'm, I'm super excited for the participants to join and share some of the awesome poetry. Um, really, as, you know, some of you know, others who don't. I'm Aaron R. the Poet, and I I really love poetry, so I've been doing my own poetry and turning them into poetry videos where I edit, produce them, and things of that nature, so that's kind of what got this, this competition going is I know it's a lot of poets out there, and I just wanted to find a way to connect with them kind of worldwide and for them to be able to share their talent and for us to be able to network and just come and do something together, so... The first contest, like you said, we had um, last month in December, and all of these poets just came in, and they did a wonderful job, as y'all are about to hear in a little bit. And we did have two winners, uh, Hilton and Allison. So there were a total of, I think, eight poets who got in the competition. As Michael knows, the judging was super hard because everybody was super talented. So this is going to be something I'm going to try to keep going. We're going to have another one January 24th. So... Um, we have some people signed up for that already, and I'm just going to keep trying to bring our poets together and network and see how we can just keep growing this circle of wonderful poets. Who are the judges? I know I'm one of the judges. Who else was a judge, my friend? The other judge was uh, Brian Donnell James. Shout out to him. He was the winner of the World Food Day Poetry um competition in 2020 so he was another judge and then I also assisted with judging so it was us three all right fantastic so what I'd like to do now is to bring on the very first contestant his name is Joel King Atterbury Joel you're on excuse me one more time Joel Joel. from Cape May New Jersey Joel yes sir this is a piece I'll leave. All right, we're ready for you to start. Happy okay. New Year. Happy New Year. 2020 long gone. Some people lost their vision. Happy New Year. Better step up your living. Make this year different. Be thankful that you're here. So many lost their relatives. My prayers in the air. Healthcare is messed up. Greedy for them dollars. Pharmaceuticals might be helping out their partners. COVID ain't a joke. Boost up your immune system. How we keep forgetting. Pay attention. Please listen. 
What's really needed is growth in society. Government changing quietly. We need to make inquiries. Move accordingly, just like some of our elders be. Some be disorderly. I stand on grounds formally. Dream bigger. Use tools so you can make progress. Leave alone the nonsense. And love hug was honest. My ticket coming soon. Watch the poet in the room. The guardian from Harlem speaking up this afternoon. Peace, love, and poetry. All right. Very nice. Thank you. Please share another piece of your work. Yes. Can you hold on a second? Okay. Yes. This one I call, I call NASA. Excuse my present self as I open up the world. Feel and reveal shit is real, boys and girls. I refrain from being messed up from politics and snakes. Watch the rats and the cats hire a gardener with a rake. I done seen workers turn for a shift in a dollar. Can't trust them like the news speak on men with them collars. Y'all could support NASA with satellites taking pictures. When the wrong is on, a storm is coming for dark figures. My dad didn't do things. My uncle didn't lose it. My grandfather's indirect influence was to use it. Mind over matter. Watch how to game in another way. I am more like no way when they okay and obey. So I say obey. Excuse the modification on the poetry. She noticed me and I know it's me. Synchronizing who I be. Lead the world to its Karens, Jessicas, and Ericas. With the Alicias, Keishas, and Readers, we always survive America. Peace, love, and poetry. Peace, love, and poetry. Do you have another one for us? Yeah, I can share one more with y'all. Uh, this is called uh, Let's Go Until We Get There. This one night that we both share, undress each other with a fair stare. Moment in time, our fears and care bring a daydream out of nowhere. No consequences on the backboard. You know what both of us came here for. Natural occurrence of a nice afternoon or a midnight cruise and closed doors. Hug the love with a tasteful embrace. Time is lost on our mental escape. Heart race, let me slow it down for you. All that matters is a memorable date. Eyes closed, feel the vibes and connect. Sweet kisses on your cheek and neck. Mutual respect, what comes next? Let me show you how the real king get. Peace, love, and poetry. All right, I like that. Question for you. What was an yes, early sir. experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Where you learn it had power? I learned this at an early age. I say I was about 16 back, back in my Harlem days. That's where I'm originally from, Harlem, New York. So I grew, I grew up around the Renaissance. So one of my teachers was Abi Odun from The Last Poets. Mm. So he, he, he taught me about the power of listening to instruments and the power of words, I say. So that's where it all started from. All right. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? I used to MC back in the day, but um, I didn't know I was going to take it on this grand scale as being 49 years old to this day and age and the author of 10 books. So, oh, wow. And the poetry books. So, um, things are manifesting out through the, uh, through the creator. That's beautiful, man. Aaron, you got any questions for Joe? Kings, I would just say um, tell the people, I guess, what you have coming up next. Well, I'm also um, I'm also the host of the 
the Poetry Corner, which is on Facebook Live, the Let's Talk platform. And uh, we have a show every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Which is, um, we have the season finale, which is this Tuesday, uh, season two, episode 12, for uh, Grown and Sexy. So please come yep. tune in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, we we doing some things out here. You know, any mm-hmm. poets that would like to be a part of the uh, the show, they can contact me, you know, through myself, King Atterbury, Joel Washington Atterbury on Facebook, or you can contact Aaron and uh, just let me know. Let's all have some fun. Yep. Right? That's great. That's great. Appreciate Thank you it, so man. much, my friend. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. very, very much. All right. Thank you all for right. All right. Here. Oh, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. What I'd like to do now is to bring on Allison Autry. Allison Hills from Pensacola, Florida. Allison, hello. how are you? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Allison was first run-up in the contest. First run-up. Yeah. And we're so glad to have her with have her with us. Please share some of your work, Allison. But, um, is it okay that I um, only have one poem today? It's actually yeah, that's fine. the same. It's the same poem from the contest. But okay. Um, this poem is called "Hell on Earth." I spread love. I love kindness, but this world is not kind. It hates my curves and my cocoa-colored skin. It hates my nerves and when I speak eloquence. It hates when I love myself. It loves when I hate myself. It hates when I respect myself and loves when I object myself. They hate me because I am myself. I am black. I am a woman. And as such, tell me what rights do I have left? I am human, I am not an object, but of course Mother Earth gets the most disrespect. My afro is my treetop. It bears the forbidden fruit of good and knowledge of their evil. My soil, rich with the elements they can't destroy with their distractions. PR is for propaganda. I turn my TV off and pay attention to their actions. Deeply, I conclude that freedom is only a concept they allude for. Their desire to oppress exposes the horns on their heads. Victims of their sadistic presence of powers, we are. Victims of their torturous lives, tell me how we can have freedom when we don't even have rights. Don't be blind, open your eyes. This world we live in is ran by devils that don't even have the decency to wear a disguise. I spread love. I love kindness. But this world is not kind. It hates people. It loves pain. It loves money. It hates change. Creating slaves is how they do things. I spread love. I love kindness, but this world is not kind. I stepped outside, and my feet were burned by the heat. Suddenly, it feels like the hell on earth they reach. It's too late. Only God's love can save us from this fate. Thank you. Wow, that was extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. And for you, the same question. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Well, 
for me, my love for um, just the the power of words and just the beauty in them actually started in music and listening to hip-hop, listening to people like Tupac and Nas when I was younger and my sister was playing it and then um, I just, it became, I, I guess at a young age, I just fell in love with how they structured it, how they told their stories and the way that they did it. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? Well, um, not not specifically. Personally, I do like so many things. Um, I dance. Um, I I do music. As in, I play instruments. I write songs. I sing. Um, I I make clothes. I paint. Um. Um, I model, um, I act, uh, and I write poetry. So I consider myself to be an artist in and, and various forms because um, to me, poetry is an art. So um, I consider myself to be an artist. I was right. gonna say yeah, because you you do pretty much it all from what it sounds like, <laughs> yeah, which is great. I think um one other question, Allison, I had is um I guess from this poem that you just performed, you know, I think one of the things was just how deep it was. I guess do you think most of your stuff has like that deeper meaning? You know, just about being a woman or African-American or some of the struggles you have, or I guess, how did you end up putting that piece together? Well, that piece, that piece came from, I have been writing. I had, okay, so um, for the past, I would say three years, I've been battling like, um, a health issue that, you know, couldn't get a formal diagnosis. So, mm-hmm. um, it, I, I started to see things from a deeper, um, perspective and I had been writing, but this piece, I would say is my 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 pieces do have have that but this piece I feel like is definitely my favorite because um I feel like it came from um a more specific place before it had been mm. about um how I was feeling um how I felt like I was being consumed, you know, in the darkness. Or I've been writing, you know, to 
get myself out of it. But this piece was like, you know, me breaking free. Like this piece was me observing and and feeling and, you know, just for the first time being like, this is how I feel. This is what I see. And, you know, being vocal about it. And I actually, I, I would say I wrote this piece when I was like maybe 17, I would okay. say. But even then, like, I, it's my favorite piece. And, like, the, it's the energy I want to bring into my future pieces. That's why... I'm only sharing one poem today because, to me, none of my current stuff, none of my current stuff, like, it uh, matches up to this one. So, like, I don't know. I feel like this, it definitely sets the tone for, uh, for the future, for what's coming. Awesome. Nicely stated. Nicely Wonderful. stated. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Allison, and congratulations on being first runner up. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. All right. I'd like to bring in now. Michael, I, I think we have some people yes. that dialed in, too. You got them? Awesome. Yeah. I've got uh, two more people who dialed in. Perfect. Let me bring them right in. Right on it, my man. I think that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who we got on the line. Area code 917, you're on the air. Your name is? The first three numbers are 528. Oh, that's, that's Maybe me. There. My name is James Dean Rivera. How are you doing? James Dean, there he is. Yep. All right, all right, James. That's who that is. All right, great, great. Thank you for yeah, being man. able to join us. All right, we'll be back with You're you. All right. Welcome. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Then we've got one more here. Area code five one six. The first three numbers are three six zero. You're on the air. Your name is. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's Jerome J. Wrights. J. Wright. Jerome. What's up, man? <laughs> Welcome. Hey guys. Hey guys, man. I love you guys, man. I want to thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so honored. So blessed. All right, fantastic, fantastic. We'll be back with you, okay? Thank you so much. All right. All right. As I said earlier, I'd like to bring in someone, another very talented performer. Her name is Farida Abdel Aziz. Hello. Farida, you're on the air. Hello. (laughs) Good to be here. Hello, Farida. Oh, hey, Aaron. So should I start? Yes, please start. Excellent. This one is called Heart in a Box. This morning at my door I found a box. I was still in my black robe and my warm socks. I looked around and found a warm summer breeze. I closed the door and for once it closed with ease. I sat in my kitchen and opened the lid, beating your heart between the paper's head. I took it and it stopped beating as fast. Put it on the pedestal so it would last. Longer than the moon rocks and the sun rays in that jar. 
my skin you like, and in my eyes those scars. I went out to get you something from Uranus or Mars, poured you the moon and picked you stars. Took from my heart that poisonous ink, gave it to the trees so they would blink, then picked the fruit between the leaves, stole his sword from the mightiest of thieves, came back home and eyed with pleasure, your heart on the pedestal, my only treasure, threw away the moon and the glowing rocks, and decided to give you my heart in a box. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's the first one. <laughs> I'll go back to the second. This year I have witnessed the passing of time exposed to the elements. Once all up to our prime, now li- living a life without precedent. If thoughts were flowers in a land where only few care about the earth, Think high and tall of beautiful plants and birds. Enjoy your time with loved ones and passion. Fill your day with laughter and compassion. Now that time is no longer linear and the days are hard and unending, what is left for us is resilience and mending. Be kind to one another, but don't forget a sneaky smile on your face as you tackle life with but only grit and grace. And the third one, this is for my parents and Christian. Instead of being led by pain and sorrow, and day by day borrow worries from tomorrow, extinguishing the fire that is the present, turning from the sun and the crescent, believe in the good and also the bad, to live in happiness when one must first be sad. There are no wrong feelings when it comes to living. So one must always be generous and giving. Only a life is lived selflessly that one will be said to have lived endlessly. And that's my three poems, Michael. (laughs) All right. Very nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. So I ask you the same question. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? I think it was because I was born and raised in Egypt. And I think um, my earliest memory is one of my grandfather. He would always sit on a on a yellow chair, <laughs> and he 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 taught me how to read Arabic. And he would always uh, tell me poems, Arabic poems, beautiful poems. And he he was so so good with the melody of it, and uh, he would explain it to me. I was a child, and I this I think this is when I realized the power of words. That that must be All right. it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very nice. Now, <laughs> as you think about your work, all of your work, do you think that you were meant to be a poet? Um, I think I was meant to be a storyteller. Um, and I'm mainly an actor. And so I think you, you'd notice that uh, most of my poems are, are driven by, by a story or by a character. And this is this is most inspiring for me, as Aaron would know from the show before, that you know I, I like to look at strangers and imagine um, a, a story revolving around the life that I would never know, and I think that's the magic of it. A storyteller, Aaron. Questions for yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that is interesting, like you say, because some of your paintings you turn into like some of your poems too, right, Farida? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So, yeah, what's next for you with, you know, your poetry or your storytelling? Is there anything that people can look forward to? Yes, actually, it's thanks to you and the and the poetically con- uh, correct that um, I'm going to uh, start actually tomorrow, uh, start a channel on YouTube and and read my poetry um, um, in a in a channel of, of my own poetry, and then um, awesome. I'll couple it. With, yeah, I'll couple it with the with the paintings that inspired me. You know, so it'll be a voiceover yeah, wow. of me and uh, my painting. <laughs> and my poetry. Oh, that's very nice. Very nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. All right. You'll have to share it well, Farida, thank you. Too, so we can check you out. You're most welcome. Of course, I will. Yes. Yes. Excellent. If I did not share, so Farida Hills from Los Angeles. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. All right. <laughs> this is going well, Aaron. Yeah, man. I know. I'm excited, man. I'm still excited. We got some some great poets, and we got some other great ones coming up, too. So this is wonderful. Appreciate you, man, as always. Oh, yes. Anything for you, my friend. Anything for you. I'd like to bring on now the winner of the contest. His name is Hilton Lewis, and he's in Austin, Texas. Hilton, are you there? Yes, sir. How y'all doing? Hilton, Happy New Year. Thank you, man. Thank you. All what right. do well, you think, Hilton? Go ahead. Yes, please, just start. Okay. Um, I'm going to share two poems, the two that I used in the Poetically Correct contest, um, and then I'm going to share three other poems. But I'll just I'll start with the first one. It's called My Heart Cries. My Heart Cries. It cries for the innocent lives dropping into body bags that can't hold the weight of grief and pain their families will experience. It's crazy how a black man's demise has been seen through society's eyes for centuries, but the injustice is hatred and black team, white team culture continues to rise. I'm a middle-class white man, but I don't ignore our building. It has rooms filled with cliques and groups separated by skin color, culture, and worldview. This building is crumbling, its foundations are shaking, and its body is quaking. People who feel privileged and superior break down the walls and hack away at its pillar, hoping to demolish it. This building is our building, our building of humanity, embracing our differences and expressing compassion to others in their weaknesses. The covered lady getting her hijab ripped off because it doesn't belong here. The Mexican man being profiled as an illegal immigrant. The Asian families being blamed for global pandemic. Another mass shooting, another racist act, another wall broken down, another piece taken from our precious building. We are people living and breathing, different rooms to the same building. My words and expression aren't enough to stop this oppression. A post on Instagram won't resurrect the dead or fix the rubble from our building or heal the wounds that I simply cannot imagine what it's like there. It takes action, humility, and persistence. Invite others into your room and share with them your story and the trials you've been through. People believe the lie that others are so different. It's not worth trying to understand them. To my black friends, I'm sorry for labeling you or profiling you in any way, even if it's just a passing thought in my head. To my Asian friends, 
I'm sorry for assuming your academic success just because of what society says. To my Muslim friends, I'm sorry for the false idea planted in my head that Muslim somehow means terrorist. I'm sorry for assuming your economic status. To my gay friends, I'm sorry for not standing against evil and hatred toward you within the church. To everyone, I'm sorry for not speaking out when I see and experience injustice day by day. My heart cries. Sometimes our building falls as the debris keeps bleeding. Sometimes our evil system is fueled by our consistent lack of fighting back. To build back our walls, we have to acknowledge our own faults. We have to put our two feet in the debris and feel the broken pieces of other people's shattered walls. My heart cries. A cry for hope. A cry for peace. A cry for building back our buildings. A cry that our wounds will be healed and the scars will be remembered. So there's my heart cries. Awesome, man. Yes. Thank you, guys. Um, this next one's called No Easy Way. A new day, bright sun, put a smile on my face. Don't break that smile. Don't tell them how I feel like a disgrace. Every night before bed, these thoughts attack me and haunt my head. I think of all my mistakes. I think of the lies, pride, and hurt I've caused. It's caught around my neck as a heavy weight. This isn't a joke. It's not some game, not a story for attention or fame. This is my battle day after every wretched day. I'm tired and I'm weak. These demons control me. Talks of suicide are more common than I want them to be. The darkness engulfs my soul. I'm stuck in this valley and I'm trapped in a hole. I want to see the light. I want to know it'll be all right. If you don't know what this is like, picture a dark cloud filled with the rain of your horrid thoughts. It hovers over you and it weighs you down. The pain is constant and won't go away. Until lightning strikes you and you're just too late. I wish there was an easy way. I pray to God and I see my therapist. I journal down my thoughts. I'm so done with this. I trust God more than the air I breathe. But I'm running out of breath. Jesus, take hold of me. I wish there was an easy fix. Please be over. If God is real, why do I suffer? The pain won't stop and my hurt stays the same. God, why are you toying with my life like it's just a game? These wars inside I hide in fear of shame. I'm living that. Fake it until you make it. But I'm simply not making it. The Bible's supposed to fix me. I thought there was power in the cross. But I still feel so lost. Help me out. I'm too weak to continue. Truth is, we all have stuff to get through. Jesus doesn't fix all of our problems, but he's with us in the fight. He knows this war with life is not all sunshine and rainbows. He aches and screams. It hurts him to see our suffering, the cries and pain, the bloodshot eyes and popping veins. He watches it all, and it hurts his heart. Some of this pain is the result of the wrongs we cause, but we don't have to sit in them because he sees past our flaws. He hears me cry. He sees my efforts and watches me try, try to be good and try to fix it. But when my problems sit like stagnant water, and life just mixes it. These trials force me to persevere, shape my character, and I feel like finally, there's hope. God heals my wounds and wipes my tears. He sees my scars and he whispers truth to the fear. And then um, this next one is called The God I Know. You can tell from that last one I'm a Christian. Um, and this one, titled The God I Know, is talking about the God I believe in and kind of um, breaking the stereotypes that, that are against uh, Christianity in America. But here you'll see. I've heard it. I sometimes say these phrases too. Christians are hypocrites. They judge and blame. I'd rather live in freedom to be who I want to be 
then serve a God who constrains me to Bible Belt society. Your God hates your God shames addicts, condemns gamblers, and despises the man who goes to the bar just to have a few drinks. Your God traps me in a box and tells me I can't do anything that I consider fun. Your God loves his people, meaning white, middle, to upper-class America. Your God turns away from a person who cusses and those who commit a petty crime. I could go on and list all of the conclusions that people come to about the God of Christianity. Instead, I will unpack the reality of who my God is and why I serve him wholeheartedly. The God I know loves these. The God I know chose you and he chose me. Lover of homosexual or heterosexual, black or white, criminal or successful. You see, God does not shun us or judge us when we hate, steal, or lie. God's love. God is love. The issue lies with man. Religion or politics of the church, most of that stuff doesn't interest me. Christianity today has become less about God's grace, love, and mercy, and more about how I can use my story for my glory. To label the God of Christianity based on the actions of Christians is like labeling a teacher based on all the students' choices in their education. The God I know embraces us with a smile. The God I know wants you and all of you. He hurts when you hurt. He smiles when you smile. Please understand that to assume who my God is based on what I do will never, ever satisfy you. Because I fail time and time again. But God will constantly be there for me and hold me tight. In my most difficult time, he embraces me and says, my son, my son, and it's going to be all right. You're taking the actions of a man to label God you don't fully understand. Why not consider God to be your friend? He's, he's more than we often think of him. All right, so that was the God I know, and I have two more to share, and I'll be done. This one's called Dear, Depre- Dear Depression. You showed up in 2014 when the depths of those memories became reality. Like a parasite infecting its host, you grew within me like a lurking ghost. You appeared on the scene. You screamed throughout my body, and you made me want to leave. I wanted to be free. I tried everything to kill you, but your grip was too tight for me. I was sick of the feeling, the feeling of being alone, the feeling of being lost, the feeling of the evils on my shoulder, on the feeling of the evils of this world on my shoulders, and nothing to take it off. I tried chasing. I tried all the fun. I looked to girls. I looked at sports. I looked for more ways to be on top. It didn't matter because the night still came. When I laid in bed at the end of every horrid day, the thoughts of my failures, or I considered myself a joke. These thoughts were real, man. They choked my throat. Depression. You took hold of me like leeches on skin. Made me feel so defeated like I could not possibly win. I prayed to God to take you away. But I felt alone in this, even when I prayed. 20, no, 20 now and I still got to fight. But I'm stronger than before and I know it'll be alright. You don't define me. You're weak and crippled. I'm done with your negativity. You can get out of my way. You no longer haunt me. You may cause death to kids. And you're a burden to many. But let my life make an example of you. Depression, your strength is fake. It's far from truth. You're still real and you afflict the most potent kind of pain. The pain that lasts for years and you love playing this game. But I'm here now so take your best shot. I'll live, you with, I'll live with you for years and you're still trapped in my thoughts. But I'm not you and you're not me. Depression, you're just a fading away disease. So keep on trying. Keep causing this crying. You made to win the battles but the victories in the war. I'm done with you now and I stand strong, ready for more. Um, and this last one is probably my most meaningful one. I wrote this within the first month of finding out I had a friend who took his own life. 
to suicide. And so that's the, kind of the theme of a lot of my poems, like mental health, because that's something I battle with as well. But this one has mm-hmm. more imagery than the previous ones I shared. So um, to understand the full meaning, it, it's important to listen. But here we go. It's called Listen Before You Do It. Stop now. Take a breath. Hear me out. I am not you. Our stories are not the same. But I've been there. The red hot tears. A scare. The flashbacks and setbacks. The lonely days and life is a haze. Just listen, my friend. Have you seen the way a potter molds clay? Battered down, smashed to the ground. A journey. No. I hate that phrase. Life's awards. The winds and battles we praise. Play hit down and shaped day after day, pounded and shaped until it becomes art that tells a story. I moved around with no concept of home. My older brother was bigger than me, bigger and older, filled with anger and hate, confused and disconnected. There's no room to debate. He was lost and broken. Anger just filled him. He threw out all that anger on me, and those memories I set aside. Many years later, depression and trauma have scarred my life. I lived it. The sweat, the literal blood, the what if, the uncertainties, the thoughts float in like a flood. But just listen. Listen before you walk out this door. Counseling helps and community too. But the truth hurts stays there. It's just something that a band-aid won't fix. Except you aren't as weak as you were before. I tell you, not to scare you. Please listen and stay. Remember the clay? I'm not even trying to go religious on you. I'm not even a fan of that term. But I fight this fight, so let me reaffirm that the potter shapes me into his masterpiece. I have scars, breaks, and hurt all over me. But the thing is, these cracks and imperfections make you more special. He takes all of that suffering and uses it for greatness. We feel damages and aches, and he transforms it into hope and strength. Just listen. Life sucks, but your decision now will impact everyone around you. A friend of mine. We grew up together over many years. However, right when we started bonding, he had to move away. Everyone since the struggle, a hardship pays. I lost connection with him until months ago. Feels like yesterday. He took his own life. This news spread like wind. I wept harder than ever because I felt so distant from him. Listen, please listen and stay. Everyone, I mean everyone still grieves the loss to this very day. That could have been me or could have been you. But it doesn't have to be this way. I explain all of this to you because I love you. Because I know you. But because the potter knows you. Just believe this truth. Just listen. One last time. Close your ears. Close your eyes and ears. And hear the potter say, I love you. All of you. Every decision and every act. I love all of you. And I'm not finished with you yet. Your life is a treasure. Take hold. I'm molding the clay. Don't ever forget. Powerful, powerful work. Yeah. Thank you yes. so Thank much you. for sharing. And I ask you the same questions that I've asked everyone else. What was an early experience where you felt that poetic language again had power? Um, I would say when I first released, uh, I have my work on Spotify and I released an album called Simply Love. And, um, my poems were always, like, for me, just, like, processing and therapeutic and, like, coping with my struggles, and I didn't think I would ever share it. I thought I would keep it to myself, but then God and, like, my community were like, you really got to share this stuff. You can impact others with your powerful words, 
And so my vivid memory of the poetic language having powers when I first released my uh, first album on like all music platforms and I got feedback from like random people that I don't know around the world talking about how it impacted them. So like that was the first time that I realized my words and anybody's words through poems and like music writing has power. All right. Very nice. Now, do you think you were meant to be a poet? Um, I think I was meant to share my story. Um, and I think that's reflected through my poetry and it's reflected through this gift of writing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I was meant to be a poet, I guess you could say, but I think it was more like I meant to share my story and the struggles that I've overcome with others so they can overcome those struggles too. All right. Very nice. Aaron. Yeah, man. Those are awesome and very powerful. Um, and I'm just wondering, too, as an artist, how your mental health and your, you know, religion, I guess, do you ever feel like there's certain things that you didn't want to say because you didn't want, like, your audience to view you as a different person? Or, you know, do you feel like by you expressing your struggles with mental health, it changes the way that people see you? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I definitely considered that a lot. The first album I released was more about my faith and was more about my worldview because I grew up overseas, like I grew up traveling a lot. And so it was more about mm-hmm. like my experiences with other cultures and then intertwined with that is like my love for the Lord and like that. That was my first album. But then I was like, this is truth, like this is good stuff, but this isn't me. Like this isn't like raw, honest, like about my depression or about my struggles with mental health and then I was like I should get my like more personal poems out there um and I definitely was considering that I was like I don't know what people think of me if I like put this out I don't want to be seen as like some guy who's like weak or like struggling but then I put it out and like the feedback I've gotten is has been like such a blessing it's like so much better than I ever anticipated and so like those insecurities have just passed away almost completely after I put it out. It's like, I feel like when anybody puts themselves out there in a vulnerable state and shares their story, Mm -hmm. like people may like their people aren't going to like shut that down. They're usually a lot more positive and your insecurities go away. It's just, it's just overcoming that first step of like having the courage to share your story, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. And I appreciate you doing that because I think definitely you'll touch a lot of lives that way because I know it's a lot of people who aren't that comfortable, but hearing you share your experiences probably will help them out too. So I guess can you just tell the people how they can find your next album and your next stuff? Yeah, so, I mean, my name's pretty unique, Hilton. Uh, There's not a lot of other Hilton. So um, it's Hilton Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. You can look me up on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Um, I'm going to release a, a new album that's much better than my first one because I actually paid to get a guy to help produce it, like with ambient background noise and stuff. But um, look it up there. You could also I post updates um, on my Instagram page, which is just my name, Hilton.Lewis. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be releasing a single within the next two weeks that will be featured in the new album. And this new album, like I said, is all about depression, anxiety, and mental health and overcoming it. So I'm super excited to share these with y'all. You know, Hilton, I will host a program in May, 
May, which is National Mental Health Awareness Month, and I'd like you to come back and share some of your work on the air. Do yeah, of course. I'd love to. All right. I'll be in touch. All right. All right. Well, thank, thank you, and you congratulations so on winning the contest. All right. Fantastic. That. Y'all have a great day. All right. You too, my All friend. Right, All right. All right. I'd like yeah. to bring on now Jerome J. Wrights Bradley. Hold on one second here. <clears throat> Jerome, you're on the air. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. How's everyone? Great. Where do you hail from? Jay Wrights. Good. Yes, yes, Jay Wright. I'm from South Jamaica, Queens. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. All right. It's on you, my friend. Take it away. Okay, guys, this is called Behind These Eyes. If you were to look behind this smile, you would encounter tears equivalent to a mile. Many promise to stand firm as a stone. Instead, I remain alone. This is my life before you. You have erased such a place with virtues I could taste. You are my today, my tomorrow, substance in the world without sorrow. Today, when you look into these eyes, you would only see you. A soul revealing a reflection of you, affection so true, my eyes went to the question for you. My life was a game I allowed people to play. You have shown me a better way. Now I burn to rise. You are the truth behind these eyes. So that's Beautiful. behind these eyes. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm going to go right into the second one. It's called Forever Yours. You ran to me when life ran from me, dropping tears of sincerity in a world where loyalty is such a rarity. You are the force of truth, which impacts my existence, holding on in times of resistance. Often you disclose a little girl in you. I love the world I discovered in you, a place where I can unshell with freedom to explore Questions will be answered with no need to implore. You refuse to succumb to others' beliefs and perception, which was advised on past heartache caused by rejection. You stood for love when you made the right decision. Reality is what we live that was founded on a lovely vision. Every effect has a cause. My love for you makes me forever yours. Forever yours. And then I have one more. It's called Angel Eyes. Talk to me. Tell me, Angel Eyes. Reveal the thoughts that travel through your mind. Allow me to guide you when you are blind. The world stops each time I look into your eyes. I am mesmerized by your beautiful smile. The message I receive from you is love. Virtues only blessed from beyond and above. Angel Eyes, you have a way that captures me. You divert my attention. You steal my thoughts. I long for someone so true. You fill the void and erase all I've been through. You are worth it all. Your wings soften my fall. Angel eyes, take my breath away. You show me the way, making me complete with each and every day. Angel eyes, give me the chance to dry your tears. Communicate, disclose all your fears. I want to learn the depth of your thoughts and all you've been through. Angel eyes, I want to know everything about you. Although I've never seen an angel, nor a divine being descended from the skies, I believe I see one each time I look into your eyes. Mm. Mm. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so you know, much, guys. I, Thank you so much. I asked the same questions of everyone. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? <laughs> I wrote a, I wrote a poem, and I shared it with a guy, and he 
looked at the poem and I knew it had power and I believed in myself at that point when he started crying. Now this was a hard, mm. hardened, hearted guy and to see him cry and it gave me goosebumps. And I said, wait a minute, I need to take this more seriously. I was playing around. So that's when I decided to really get um, into it. And I wrote a book behind, you know, um, at that point. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Now, do you think you were meant to be a poet, my friend? <laughs> the crazy thing is, oh, man. Now, now I do. At the beginning, no. I just wrote from my heart, wrote from experience, and just wrote, you know, just through, a, like I said, like pastime and, like I said, um, experience and going through things. But now that as, as I look, as I've developed, Yes, yes, indeed. All right, Aaron. Yeah, man. And I know Jay Wright, we've um, gotten to know each other a little better through the contest and all of that stuff. And one thing I can say is that you definitely are always on the grind and you definitely are passionate about what you're doing. So can you just talk to us a little bit about how you evolved into, I know one of the things you're doing now is like, the voiceovers and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that yes. and where you want to take your poetry down the road. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, what happened with the voiceovers, with the music and everything with showcases, um, what happened was I always said to myself, you know, if I'm in a, not a contest, just a showcase, and you have 10 poets, this is how it was in my mind. I said to myself, okay, what would make me stand out? So I decided to add music to it, uh, storylines, doing voiceovers, and because, you know, God has blessed me with a different type of a distinguished voice, I, I just utilized it, and people have has asked me to do voiceover documentaries, and I've done a couple of things mm-hmm. with that. But my, um, my main goal is to become, like, the songwriter, the guy behind the scenes writing the songs, and I'm, I'm just out here for the passion I love what I do. I do all this stuff. I invest in all of my stuff, and I put it out there for free to the world as my resume. And later on, everything is just going to, you know, fall in place. Yes, sir. So how can people find you down the road, Jay Wright? Yes, yes, yes. You can find me um, on Instagram, Jay Wright, J-W-R-I-T-E-Z, and on on Facebook, Jerome Bradley. All right, very nice. Appreciate Thank you so Jerome. much, Jerome. All so, right, so all right. God bless you guys. I'm going to listen to the rest of the show. Thank you guys. All right, fantastic, fantastic. I'd like to bring in now Mr. James Dean. You're on the air. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? Thank you guys once again for having me. I really appreciate you guys very much on the platform y'all bringing out here. And um, yes, I'd like to read to y'all three pieces. The first one I'd like to read to y'all is called Curvaceous Women. And here we go. What you call fat, I call curvaceous. More to love and thick in the right places. They hold such big personalities, got greater, created thick women accordingly. Thick guys that mesmerize. Curves that hypnotize, thick in the waist, and ass all over the place. Most thick women are never insecure. They know us men love them for sure. But us, a skinny woman, never does the trick. 
we get turned on by a woman that's thick. There's no use in fat shaming. The negativity that you're aiming, they'll laugh and laugh at your bony ass. Some of them will even steal your man. I love thick women always. Skinny women, I'm never satisfied. No way. I'm glad my lady is thick and curvaceous. She, she is the love of my life. Thank goodness gracious. And that's curvaceous women. The next poem I'd like to read to y'all is called No Longer. And this is something I wrote when I was 17, and here it goes. When I was young, I was shy. No one liked me, and I never knew why. I was different from the others and quiet. Could have changed, but I never tried it. I was always picked on because of my tight clothes. Stood back, did nothing is what I chose. I just let people physically and verbally abuse me, but to cheat on tests, they would use me. No girls seemed to want me, not the pretty ones or even the ones that were ugly. I was frustrated. I never understood why. Couldn't figure it out no matter how I tried. I tried too hard to fit in, but I always stood out. Tried to be cool, but I was too much of a mouth. But one day I stopped trying. Things suddenly changed. The problems no longer seemed to be within range. I started talking more to people. No longer did I feel I was feeble. I was no longer a scared little boy. No longer could anyone treat me like a toy. I evolved into more of a fighter. No longer was my life going to feel dire. I am now a man who takes shit from no one. These days are now gone. And now the last poem I would like to read to y'all is called Controlled Society. And here we go with that. We live in a controlled society. Who does it benefit? Neither you or me. We're trained to work like slaves day after day, work day after day till we're old and gray. We are trained to get good grades and get a good job with benefits, and most people will do it just for the hell of it. They say the best way to progress is to move up, get in a better position, become your own boss. But the problem is you're never your own boss, and most people don't realize that they're so lost. The working life is not as glamorous as it seems. It's all just one big pyramid scheme. We step over people trying to reach the top, thinking we got this career on lock. But you still have someone to answer to, and you could still get fired. A job is a cutthroat business, no sympathy required. Having your own business is the best option. Soon the way we've been trained will be forgotten. No more working for a boss, no one to answer to. Soon those days will be through. It's time to stop being a slave to a job or a career. Take the leap, take risks, face fears. No more corporate ladders to climb. It's time to take control of our lives. Thank you, guys. All right, very nice. And I'll ask you the same question. Yes, what was an early experience where you learned the poetic language had power? Well, um, an early experience I had was, you know, when I first went to the library and I was like 14 years old, and I'm typically a sports guy, read a lot of sports. You know, at one point a stat head, but how much sports can you really read, right? So one day I stumbled upon a poetry book, and honestly, I don't remember exactly who it was written by or what it said, but I realized it was so to me because I never had, you know, tried to write anything or attempt to before. So at that point, I was like, you know what? This sounds like something I feel like I should start doing. So I realized the power and the message it brings, and I just started writing poetry from 14 on. <laughs> Now, do that you think you were meant to be a poet? Like yes, do you think you were meant to be a um, poet? Well, 
I believe I was, yes. And the reason why is because, you know, poetry is powerful. Poetry brings messages, and poetry also, you know, tells stories as well. Although most novel writers will think otherwise, I feel like many poems do tell story in addition to speaking power in words as well. So, yes, I, I, I do feel like I was meant to be a poet, you know, to elicit the same message that they bring as well. Oh, very nice, very nice. Aaron? Yeah, and um, Dean of Poetry, I appreciate it again. Um, one of the things that I definitely have noticed is you don't mind calling things how it is, you know, <laughs> in your poetry, which I think is refreshing. So I just wanted yeah. to know, like, do you ever, like, question, like, can I say this, or am I going to hurt so-and-so's feelings, or is it just one of the things where, you know, you're just speaking your reality and it is what it is? Well, I really feel like it is what it is because, you know, no matter how you even try, like, whether you think that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or not, there's always going to be, like, mm-hmm. a couple of people that will get offended by certain things no matter what you try anyway. So I'd rather just, you know, say it the way it is. It is what it is. And, you know, you get a couple of critics, so you do. So be it. But stop me from writing how I feel. And, you know, there's a lot. There's always a positive messages. But, you know, you can't always please everybody. So... You know, I don't let that yep. go in the back of my mind. That's very true. Right. And tell the people like how they it. can um how they can find you down the road and what you're working on next. Well, you can um find me on Instagram at the Dean of Poetry. I also have a YouTube channel where I do on um, poetry videos every Sunday called the Dean of Poetry as well. And I also have a website, the Dean of Poetry, where I have like new blogs, poetry blogs my merchandise that I have on sale on Teespring. And um, I'm also planning on having a new merchandise for Valentine's Day coming soon. So I'm going to let y'all know on that on my Instagram. You follow me at the Dean of Poetry, you know, you can get updates and stuff like that. And um, www.thedeanofpoetry.com as well. Awesome. And right, very nice. Have, um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. One other thing, I'm going to have two books out that you can get on Amazon, Words from the Heart and Deep Thoughts as well, that I just published um, this last month. Mm-hmm. Well, the dean of Poetry. All right, where do you hail from the, from the dean? Where Wait, are you from? I'm sorry. Where are you oh, from? Oh, me, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm from Brooklyn, Brooklyn New York. New York. All right. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so Ooh. much. We have one more caller okay, here, uh, Aaron. Let's bring this person okay. in. Okay. code 301. The first three numbers are 653. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing? My name is Black Gladiator. I recite, recite, but uh, do some poetry today. You would like to share a piece of poetry? Yes. Of my, and my your name? Is that okay? Black. That would be fantastic, please. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> um, here we go. I just want to say, when you see me, you do, not, you do not notice the demon hiding beneath the halo of my hello. You would never know I haven't drank enough liquor to piss in the stillin'. You would think I was able enough to house a horse in my chest. But there are some days, you know, 
Some days the sunshine in my smile ripple with the hurricane in my heart. Some days the path in my pride and the X of my existence spark a revolution in my spirit to make me ask people why we live. Some days I feel like being half black and half white in America is just waking up in the in the morning to a fist fight in the living room. It feels like I've been forced on the parent that question their legitimacy of parenting. You know, some days I wonder how dark I need in order to get down. While there's trees in the deep south that can testify how light a person got to be to hang around in their crowd. But some days I feel like I, I represent an entire race. So if I explode, then the character of all black people come into question. And my family say, you must always hold royalty to a high standard. But some days, some days I don't feel much like a king or a prince. And some days the terrorists tunneling through the subway cars and my thoughts get the upper hand. And some days the hitman hiding in the hallways in my head wants to take hostage. Some days the poet in my perspective agree with the conspiracy theories in my conscience. Some days the soldier in my soul question what is the fight for? What is the hatred about? Why are we at war with ourselves? Some days I have no idea where I'm going and some days I don't know if I'll get there. Some days I still feel like carving, tunneling, bubbling, overflowing with possibilities, waiting for someone to speak the right words. Some days I can't tell the difference between life and death. Some days I just want to shout to the high heavens. Dear God, why is it so difficult to live, so complicated to be loved, to try comfort and vulnerability? These hands, this heart, my mind. Believe some days you are all too busy to hear us all screaming your name at the top of our lungs, so I am silent. I started writing to help people find their smile, and somewhere along these lines I lost minds. But some days, some days I think my dying, my hello is a dying man's inspiration, and a stranger excuse to open their closet doors. My shoulder a kick yard, my ears a graveyard, my lips a vault. But there are some days, you know, some days. Mm. Wow. That was nice. I'll ask you. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'll ask you the same question. What was an early experience where you felt that poetry had power? Um, when I realized I was telling the horror of... I just, well, when I realized I was telling the honor of someone else's story while living through the horrors of my own. Okay. All right. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? No. I think anybody that's a poet is basically apologizing to a gunman for bleeding so much. Explain that. Tell me more. more. Yeah. So, to be a poet is to be cursed me because the only reason I say that is because alright so you really want me to share my thoughts yeah okay yes please okay okay um I say it, I say it's apologizing to the government for getting so much is because I feel as though the more intelligent we are the more difficult it is going to be for us to live together and being a poet is basically being, how can I put it, uh, uh, a X on a map that no one can read. You know what I mean? It's like, it's basically like being a thug or a thuggy. But it's like basically, all I'm saying is this. I'll make it sort of short. I said that because I feel as though being a poet is being a cursed person in life. I feel as though me being a poet, I have been swimming through 
problems, pools of problems, and I've been drowning ever since, you know? So that's why I said that. All right. I understand. Aaron, questions for this caller? Yeah. Nope. Appreciate you for calling in, man, and keep on sharing your work. It's very powerful. All right. Well, I think we've come to the conclusion of the program, Aaron. Any yeah, final man, thoughts that from was you? Wonderful. No, again, as always, appreciate you for your work. Um, for the people out there, you can check out my work at AaronRPoems.com. Again, we will be having another Poetically Correct contest January 24th, so make sure you go to AaronRPoems.com and register. All right, very nice. I want to thank you, too, for allowing me to be a judge. It was very, very difficult finding a winner, but uh, it was a great experience, and I wish everyone nothing but the best. Take care, everybody. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.